Greetings, Atlanta and podcast listeners everywhere. I'm Jacqueline Anthony, Social Work Services Coordinator for Atlanta Public Schools, and welcome to the Atlanta Public Schools Social Work Services Podcast. This month, April 18th through 24th, is National Volunteer Week. So this month, we want to share with you our department's partnerships to highlight how they support through their resources, the social workers and their work and assist families and students throughout Atlanta. So before I introduce our podcast host, I need to thank some very important people who support, dedicate to students, make what we do as school social workers possible. I'd like to give a shout out and a thank you to Dr. Herring, Superintendent of Atlanta Public Schools, Ms. Yolanda Brown, Chief Academic Officer, Katika Lovett, Assistant Superintendent of Student Services, Dr. Shannon Hervey, Director of Student Support and Intervention, and the parents and families for all of your efforts in helping your children thrive in these unprecedented times during the pandemic. So let's begin our podcast with introductions from podcast hosts who will introduce their guest panelists and share with you um, how their supports and services support us as social workers. We will begin with our homeless education social worker, Sana Ali. Please, everyone, welcome Miss Erica Hill. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Lady Hawks? So the Lady Hawks, it's a women's auxiliary group comprised of the wives, significant others, mothers. We have a few grandmothers and even sisters of the Atlanta Hawks players, coaches, and basketball operations management. And so our mission is to enrich the Atlanta community through initiatives that serve and support women and youth in need. Awesome. So this started as a concept of providing our girls with prom dresses, but it developed into a three-part series initiative. Unfortunately, with COVID, we were not fully able to implement this Empower Her series, Um, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, the creation of the three-part series and the evolution um, and what that initiative was about. So a couple years ago, we wanted to work with teen girls and in the springtime and ensure that they had, you know, the prom of their dreams. We wanted to make sure that these the girls in the homeless program and disadvantaged youth got to experience uh, their prom just like any other student would be able to. So we put together the event. We collected prom dresses from the community, from Hawk staff. Um, and we worked with a couple nonprofit organizations, one called Fairy Tale Endings. We worked with local uh, uh, ha- uh, hairstylists and makeup artists and different companies to really uh, provide this opportunity for these girls to just have, you know, all of the uh, things that they needed to have a great prom. And so what we thought about, you know, it was a great event. We got to meet the girls, their moms. It was wonderful. You know, a lot of tears were shed that day. Um, and we thought, well, you know what? It's nice that we got to meet them and do this for them, but how can we really make an impact? And we want to get to know the girls, not just on the event day. 
so we thought about it and we said, you know what, let's, because we want to help them and, and help empower these girls, let's uh, create a three-part series of after-school programming that will focus on inspiring and, and guiding these girls to discover their authentic selves and also help develop the skills, confidence, and courage that they need to really make informed life choices. Um, you know, from a place of self-knowledge, self-respect, and strength. And so that was really um, the impetus behind that because we wanted to get to know them and make sure that we were making an impact and then end with prom dresses and all of those things that, you know, could help propel them forward. Yes, absolutely. I remember uh, the first day of our event last year and it was so warm and welcoming and the ladies uh, of Lady Hawks were just so personable and supportive. Yeah. Um, so talk with us a little bit about what that means to them. Like how does that impact the Lady Hawks being able to engage um, with these youth uh, through these initiatives? I mean, I think just, you know, being able to give back to others um, and making an impact in this, in the Metro Atlanta community is what's important. And just, just having an impact on these girls. If, if, if we can just touch one girl and help inspire her and give her confidence and courage because she might be, you know, uh, coming from a place where she may not um, have that confidence and courage that she needs that's really that's really what we want we just want to make a difference in the lives of these girls and just give back and show that we care about you know the metro atlanta community and the students and the youth in this community and just help them um you know to move forward and just um help them with goal setting decision making um especially with teen girls you know those are things that a lot of them need to to focus on building self-esteem uh, digital safety, things like that. So we just think it's important. We just want to make a difference and, and just help where we can and show that we care about the, uh, the students in the Metro Atlanta community. Yeah, absolutely. This initiative really provides the girls with uh, uh, an opportunity to experience something that they have never experienced before. So not only uh, were they welcomed into the arena, uh, they were given tickets for themselves and families yeah. to attend a game. And um, it's oftentimes these first, uh, you know, these students' first opportunity to go into the arena and, you know, stay there and see a game. So it's really right. a, an experience on all levels and it's very new for them. So it's, it's very exciting exactly. that you guys provide that opportunity as well for them to just have these new experiences, work with them, provide them with opportunities to just develop, right? Yeah. To these women. So we're super excited um, about this partnership. And uh, we hope that we can resume this uh, yeah. once we get a grip on COVID-19 because um, the girls were absolutely elated um, with the feedback um, from this program. Um, we so, definitely plan to um, to start this program up again as soon as you know everything gets back to normal, and and we are looking forward to it. That was one of our that was a highlight of our year. And absolutely. even though when we gave them the prom dresses a couple years ago, the ladies still talk about it. So we're looking forward to continuing the partnership. Awesome. Um, so go ahead and just let us know how can we follow the Lady Hawks? Uh, do they have a social media presence? How can we engage with them and support them in their efforts? You know, you can just follow um, the Atlanta Hawks in general because we're in, we are an extension of the Atlanta Hawks organization. So you can find us on social media at you know Atlanta Hawks on all of Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook and LinkedIn. 
And so you can find us right there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Hill, for your time and your words. We really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us a little bit about the Lady Hawks. Thank you and look forward to continuing our partnership. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, that was wonderful. So I'm going to go ahead and move forward. We're going to um, next talk with Ms. Jessica Denson. She is a Director of Communications for Connected Nation. This is one of our newer partnership. Back in February, our Homeless Education Department, um, in partnership with our partnership department, applied for a grant, the K-12 Homeless Gap program initiative uh, that was designed to provide free wireless access and hotspot devices and content filtering um, data from AT&T. And we applied for this grant and we were recipients. So we were awarded this grant. So we will be um, able to provide 184 hotspots to our students that are experiencing homelessness. In addition, they are also providing us with 184 personal learning devices. This is life changing for our students that are experiencing homelessness. So we are super excited to learn more about Connected Nation and this initiative. So let's welcome Ms. Denson. Hello. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here with us. Um, so go ahead and let us know a little bit about Connected Nation. Um, I was not familiar with the organization until we came across the grant. So tell us a little bit about your organization. Um, Connected Nation is a national nonprofit that's marking 20 years uh, this year, actually, in 2021. Um, it's not surprising to me that you haven't heard about us. Uh, I've, I've been working for Connected Nation for four years, and um, when I started, I had not heard about Connected Nation because they we deal with a very specific issue, and that is broadband access, which broadband is high-speed internet, and um any related technologies to that, helping all people, no matter where they live, no matter their background, have access to that. I think that um, everyone pretty much <laughs> that knows now why that's important, uh, thanks to the, uh, the pandemic. Uh, before, I was often explaining to journalists and to other organizations what we do and why it's important to make sure that everybody has access to this technology and that we can't leave vulnerable populations behind. Um, and I would often get, oh, that's a privilege or a luxury. And uh, I think that what we've seen in 2020 is that that is not the case. Uh, too many people were left out and a lot of our kids paid the price for that, which is very, is which is terrible. And um, this program uh, seeks to rectify some of that and help some vulnerable populations, as you said, with uh, the, the particular award in Atlanta Public Schools is for to help kids that are experiencing homelessness. Um, so uh, I think a lot of people are now more aware of what we do because of what has happened. Um, but it, as, as we now know, broadband, uh, high-speed internet, and te the technology around that affects everything from telehealth to telework to remote learning to agriculture, all kinds of things are impacted by this mission. And um, so if there's any silver lining to the pandemic, if I could say that even, is that people are now aware of this and there is big movement, not only through this program, but in other programs to help um, vulnerable populations, not only um, low income, but uh, minority populations and tribal populations is a big issue with this. Um, through federal funding, state funding, all kinds of programs that are trying to address this issue. 
that's the big picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. You know, COVID-19, us being thrusted into this virtual world really exposed a lot of inequities when it came to technology. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Connected Nation, you know, is a great answer, right, to, to closing those gaps and specifically for our students that were experiencing homelessness, which we were so excited that we were able to to fit into this grant was, you know, they're very vulnerable, they're very transient, um, they're economically disadvantaged. So, you know, having um, technology access is, is crucial for this population success. So mm-hmm. we are just so excited, elated. You know, um, there is a federal program called the E-Rate program. Most people don't know about it unless you actually work in the schools or libraries. The E-Rate program are federal dollars. We all pay some money from our cell phone bills that go towards it. Um, And that's meant to fund connectivity at the schools and improve um, connectivity at libraries, which as I'm sure a lot of you know, since you work in the public school system, a lot of kids and parents were going to libraries if they didn't have access at home. Well, with the pandemic, the library suddenly closed. These kids were left out of the uh, out of the mix. They they were often, you know, this issue that we had not dealt with, which we should have years ago. We feel um, at Connection Nation, we feel like this is something that we've been ringing the bells about and trying to knock on doors. We've got to fix the homework gap problem. Um, is now being addressed, and uh, AT and T uh, really saw that. Okay, so the E-rate program helps connectivity at the schools, but what can we do to help these kids that are, are stuck at home now? And uh, no, through no fault of their own, no fault of the schools even, is that, you know, these kids were suddenly having to do all remote learning. Teachers were having to figure that out, but they didn't have the access. So this program, AT&T donated $10 million to help 35,000 kids across the country. And the focus was on at-risk kids, which we really appreciated because, you know, as we all know, often kids who don't have the same um, uh, privileges as a lot of other people get left out or overlooked. And they, they, they deserve the same opportunities and the same chance to expand their lives and improve their lives and grow and learn. And so we really, we loved working on this program. In Atlanta Public Schools, we loved what your um, application said. It was fantastic. We're also helping another Atlanta program. The Multi-Agency Alliance for Children is also getting some hot spots. Um, so we're really excited to see these in the hands of kids that could use them and to see the great work that teachers are going to do with this. Yes, absolutely. So over 124 schools um, mm-hmm. were awarded this grant. Uh, 35 thousand hotspots will be going out across the country uh, to us included so let us know how can we follow you all how can we learn more how can we support connected nation yeah um we you can find us at connectednation.org and if you want to look learn more about this particular program it's connectednation.org backslash homework gap and i'll tell you that i have heard from so many people since this has gone out that hey how how can we have how can we be helped? What can we do? I'm even heard from the Black Nursing Association um, in Georgia today. I heard from them. They were asking us, what are your criteria that you used for this? So uh, this is still a persistent problem and we still must continue to address it. There are resources on our website, um, connectednation.org backslash homework gap. If there are kids or families that need help, there are resources at the bottom of that page. There's also a new program I do want to call attention to called the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program. It's about to be launched to the FCC, and this will give low-income families uh, discounts on equipment and internet service. So um, definitely watch for that. 
Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, um, Ms. Stinson. And we definitely will stay connected to Connected Nation. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you all do, too, for the kids and teachers. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's just a few of the partnerships that we work with. I did want to give honorable mentions to a few other organizations just really quickly. Um, Trinity Church here in Atlanta is absolutely wonderful. We are in the process of doing a partnership with them where they will be supporting our families experiencing homelessness with utility and rental assistance. Um, additionally, uh, organization here, local, a new organization, Life Roads, they donated over 150 coats and pullovers to our department, which we distributed on yesterday. So we're excited to have that for our kids. And finally, Passion City Church, um, they supported our families during the holiday season. Uh, they gave uh, thousands of dollars for us to distribute to three families to help them for the holiday time, to help move a family into their own apartment. So we're just very grateful for these partnerships and I'm so honored to be able to bring attention to them during this month. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and hand it off to my peer, Shatila Brown. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Miss Ali. Like Miss Ali said, our partners are phenomenal. There's no way that we could do the work that we do without the wonderful partners that we have. Um, again, I'm Shatila Brown. I'm a school social worker with the Phoenix Academy in Atlanta. And what's so unique about the uh, program that I work in is that we service um, students through all of the clusters, meaning all of the high schools within the entire district, as well as our charter schools. So that means that I touch uh, the, the, basically the entire district of students um, um, that are in high school. So one of the things when the pandemic hit, one of the things that, um, that I noticed is that a lot of the students at um, the school that I work at have to work like it is required for them to work in order for them to meet the bills or to provide food in the house or whatever that situation may be in their household and one of the things that i noticed is that a lot of our students was lacking around the ppe um, face shields was like really a big one we noticed that a lot of times when the school buses was dropping off food in the community that the, the, the students didn't have face shields the parents didn't have face shields it was just not a, a situation that i felt as a social worker that was safe. So I felt like there, you know, we need to do something about this. So I reached out to some of my um, community members and that's how we came across the cutting board company. So the cutting board company was able to donate to our district 20,000 face shields that was able to accommodate staff, students, families as needed. So I would like for um, Mr. McKee, Matt McKee, to talk a little bit more about how that all came about and exactly, you know, just the giving of 20,000 face shields to Atlanta Public Schools. Matt McKee. Sure. Thank you, Ms. Brown. Um, so yeah, we uh, just a little backstory on the company. Um, we, we mainly specialize, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory from the name, in commercial cutting boards. Um, so we supply a lot of restaurants and chains all throughout the U.S. Um, when the pandemic hit last spring, um, our sales, you know, almost went went down 80 percent um, due to you know all the restaurants shutting down in the beginning. So it was really a scary time for the business, um, for our whole staff, um, not really knowing what's going to happen. Um, so we decided to take some of the equipment we were using um, to make plastic cutting boards and, and retool it a little bit. 
Um, and we started making a lot of acrylic safety barriers and then also the face shields. Um, we were able to use some of our laser engravers to cut out the PET plastic used to make those um, and then use our production staff to, to basically assemble the, the shields from start to finish. Um, so that not only kept us busy, gave us a purpose, um, you know, kept people coming into work every day, um, but it also gave us the opportunity to, to give back to the community um, during a pretty scary time, I think, for all of us. So um, we, we produced um, a, a few hundred thousand of the shields. Um, I'd say we probably donated about 50% of them between hospitals, schools, um, nursing homes, long-term care facilities, things like that. So um, us being right up in Norcross, um, you know, a lot of our staff's kids are involved in Atlanta public schools in some way. So um, we saw a great opportunity um, when things, you know, started to slow slightly, but kids were starting to go back to school. Um, you know, it was a, a perfect time to, to go ahead and um, we had a, a surplus left that we could donate to Atlanta Public Schools at no charge. And I'm just, I'm so happy they went to good use, it sounds like, Miss Brown. And um, we were happy to do it and, and partner with such a great, great school system. So, Well, I will say the feeling is definitely mutual. I mean, we were so ecstatic to receive um, that. And as well as our principals throughout the district, we were able to distribute them to all of the schools in the district uh, to make sure as students started coming, slowly coming back to school, that teachers were covered, that the students were covered, and anyone else that may have needed it, uh, any other staff member and so forth. And I mean, it's just a testimony to the work that you guys do to make sure that you were able to keep your staff employed and to keep the work coming, to be able to just give to some of us out here that were a little less fortunate, like the, like the, the um, individuals that we support in Atlanta Public Schools. So again, thank you so much. There's, I mean, there is no words that I could ever express for the amount of donations that you guys um, provided us as well as delivered them to us. As, I mean, you guys did everything. We All we had to do was just wait until they came. So it's just a testimony to the work that you guys are doing. Well, so happy to help. And again, I'm, I'm just really happy you guys were able to put them to use for the, for the students. That's great. Thank you so much. Matt McKee, the cutting board company. Now, if someone wanted to reach out to you guys to find out a little bit more about what you guys do or how to you know, to get some of the things that you guys offer, um, how would they reach you guys? Um, so our website is just cuttingboardcompany.com. Um, you can go there. We own um, several other websites and do everything from personalized gifts to uh, commercial cutting boards for restaurants. And then we're still doing the face shields and some PPE items too. So um, definitely check us out online and if we can help with anything, just let us know. Thank you, Matt. I so appreciate it, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to continuing this partnership. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Ms. Brown. Thank you. Okay, um, everyone. Again, as I stated earlier, I'm with Phoenix Academy, and we support students throughout the district. And sometimes that can be very challenging, supporting students throughout the district, as well as the students that we support at the school that I um, work at. Um, our, you know, like I stated earlier, a lot of our students are working, a lot of our students are teen parents, a lot of our students are, um, you know, living below the poverty line, at the poverty line. I mean, a lot of our students are homeless, uh, out there, you know, basically taking care of themselves and living from friend to friend house or wherever they can um, lay their heads. A lot of them are 17, 18, 19 and expected to, hey, you're out here, you're grown now, you're in the real world 
to make it on their own. So one of the challenges that I find is finding, you know, those resources that's needed, you know, which, which can range from anything from a car seat to food to, you know, clothing. I mean, it could range from anything from a, 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 a computer, whatever. So the wonderful people at Proposity, Blake Canterbury is here with us today. He is the founder of Proposity and just, I mean, he it's almost like he read my mind and said, hey, we need an organization that can almost meet every need possible, just about if it's something tangible. So Blake, can you please share with us um, Proposity, um, what it means, what it is? I know that that's your baby, so please share that with us. <laughs> yeah, that is my baby. <laughs> Uh, and look, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, so look, Proposity, like, it's based on this simple idea that you would help your neighbor if you knew they were in need. You just have no idea that they're in need. Uh, like, we live in a world where we can do a doctor's appointment from our cell phone, but we don't know if somebody two streets from us has food to eat or clothes to wear. And so Proposity begins to eliminate that issue. So we have an app that you can download and you can scroll through and see the real-time needs of people around you. And everything is vetted by local school districts like Atlanta Public Schools and local nonprofits. So fraud will never happen in the system. Um, so essentially you scroll through and you may see that Ms. Brown identified a, a student who has holes in their shoes and their parents can't afford a new pair of shoes. Uh, you can click on that need, you can see who vetted it, the story of why they need it and how much the pair of shoes cost. And if you wanna help, you literally hit one button on our site and the pair of shoes is on their doorstep in 24 to 48 hours. And then my favorite part of the whole thing is that you get a notification in real time letting you know that the pair of shoes you purchased has been delivered. So it's transparent end to end. And look, we're just on a mission to make, like we think giving should be easy. We think it should be transparent. We think it should be fun in the world. And so we just said, man, let's build a really cool lifestyle brand and an app um, to make giving better, fun, and, and cool in the world. Does that does that make sense? <laughs> it definitely does. And, and I mean, I say this all the time, your donors, the propositive donors are godsend. They, I mean, they really are. There's no way that we could do the work, that we could do the lift without without the, the wonderful people out there that are giving of, of themselves, so much of themselves all the time. Um, because the needs are endless, the needs are endless. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the types of um, needs that can be met through Proposity? If someone's listening, like, I would love to help. What, what types of things are, is it that people are asking for that, that, that your donors are providing? Look, the average need on the platform is right at $28. So you'll find stuff for as low as 10 bucks. You'll find stuff that the cap is $200. Uh, we don't see many, but we do see some of those. But the average is like $28. And our, our belief is like everybody should be able to help somebody, no matter your wealth. So this isn't for the rich. This isn't for the elite, man. This is for, and honestly, we built it for people like ourselves. I grew up from Griffin. My mom's a kindergarten teacher. My dad worked at Lowe's and Home Depot his whole life. Like we didn't come from much, but man, it's like, why can't we be able to help our neighbor too? Um, and so we think it's easy and tangible. So you may literally see anything from from baby formula for you know a single mom or maybe diapers for that baby. Um, we see things like car seats. A lot of people don't know that a baby can't come home from the hospital without a car seat. And a low income family, a, a car seat's a big expense for a single mom. And, and there's all kinds of situations. Maybe the family doesn't 
believe that she should be pregnant and they disown like there's all kind of crazy scenarios and so you're able to get a glimpse into that story of why they need it everything on the price on the on the platform is a price point that most people can afford you can scroll through and find something that's meaningful to you um, but it's all tangible items you know anything from household goods and and look we've helped families who have lost everything in fires like get everything from their house from bedding to beds to school supplies to you name it if it's under 200 bucks and you can buy it uh, and we can get it to you in 24 to 48 hours you're going to find it on our platform um, and some of the thought behind this was that you know if you think about you're talking about the users and i want to celebrate them for a second i mean most people want to do good in the world we just don't know where to start right and and in the midst of a pandemic uh, we're all focused on ourselves we, we all find you can't buy your way to happiness, right? But when you begin to do stuff for other people, you actually find your life. You actually feel better about it and you get this dopamine hit for good. And you're like, wow, that's the meaning of life is like doing something for your neighbor, regardless who they are. Um, and so in the city of Atlanta, we've got 25,000 people signed up already using Purposity. Um, and our hope is, hey, let's take this from 25,000 to 100,000 and then let's cross a million of the 6 million people in Metro Atlanta. And, and look, if we all signed up, if everybody listened to this, simply signed up, told one friend about this and asked them to tell one friend about this, there's not gonna be a need in our city we can't meet. And that's the thought, like if we all simply helped our neighbor, we have the resources in every community to meet the needs of that community. And so we hope Purposity is just a fun place for you to support the great work of these folks. And every day you're walking into you know, a house and seeing somebody sleeping on the floor. You're seeing that single mom who needs the formula for a baby. There's somebody in our city who wants to help with that. And we just hope Purposity is the way that they connect, we can connect the two. So Blake, real quick, how do we sign up? I wanna sign up, our listeners wanna sign up. How do we sign up for Purposity? It is super easy. The hardest part is spelling purposity. So it's purpose and generosity married together. So it's P-U-R-P-O-S-I-T-Y. If you Google that, you will find our website, you'll find our app. You can download the app, whether it's iOS, Android, whatever you, whatever you have, we're there for you. We have social media where we kind of tell inspiring stories and look in our app, we also feature stories. And so, and if you have an inspiring story, whether you're on the, the organizer side submitting needs or you're helping people send them to us, and you may just find some familiar faces like Miss Brown, who was recently featured in our app for some of the good work and just telling her story of how she got into this work. Um, so look, we think inspiration and education drive action. And so we just wanna get you in and helping somebody. Well, Blake, I think you guys are doing awesome work over there. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, knocking on your door, asking for help. So thank <laughs> you. Thank you. You guys are godsend. Absolutely. Please do. Okay. Um, now we're going to have Terry, Miss Randolph. She's also a school social worker. We're going to um, have her to um, introduce and speak with her again. Hello, everyone. How are you today? I have the esteemed pleasure of introducing three amazing ladies. Ms. Mindy Kaplan. Ms. Callie Howerton and Ms. Catherine Pribish are three ladies who saw a need and continued to support an amazing initiative called the Holiday Helpers. Of course, each and every one of our social workers are familiar with Holiday Helpers because they are just like family to us. 
but I am so happy to have the opportunity to share this wonderful initiative with everyone else. Just to give you a little background information, in the 2011 school year, the concept of Holidays and Helpers was birthed out of apparent need um, for a student at Jackson Elementary School. Claudette Dianport, a retired school social worker at the time, was assigned to Jackson Elementary, and she collaborated with Ms. Morris to provide an, uh, several items for a student in need at the school. The collaboration then extended to other students within the school and eventually expanded to support students within the district. Again, students in the entire district have an opportunity to be a part of this amazing initiative. Just to provide a little more information, Ms. Kaplan, would you like to take this opportunity to tell us more about the composition of Holiday Helpers and explain how the program was extended to support students within the district? Sure, I'd love to. Um, the who of Holiday Helpers, um, I think it, it it takes a big group, right, and, and a device group of volunteers. So the program is one of the Warranty Jackson Elementary parent-teacher organization. So they help to um, provide the chairs who oversee and manage the project as well as um, covering the expenses. But then we've got our volunteers that help out over three days of the gift delivery and pickup. And they range from Jackson parents to former Jackson parents, Sarah Smith parents, parents of uh, students at other North Atlanta schools. We've got the Grady cluster that's involved. We've got occasional family members, friends that come in to lend a hand. So it's really a large group of folks that just come together that wanna help the community. Um, our donors are very sim uh, similar in that we could not be as impactful and successful without our really amazing donor base. Um, and they are just as diverse, if not more diverse than, than our volunteers. Um, in addition to all the different students across uh, many clusters, we also have neighbors, church groups that get involved. Folks have their work groups that get involved. And, and the word of holiday helpers and what we do and how we do it has just continued to spread and travel throughout our communities over the years that, that we've been working on it. And we see that really our donors tend to repeat year over year. So we just naturally and organically have grown. Um, and then with the who, we wouldn't exist without the social workers. I mean, you guys are our connection to the need and your relationship with the individual students and, and their families and helping us know where we even go with asking for wish lists or or items in the direction that you that you give are instrumental in making sure that we're able to make a difference that matters. Um, and then kind of, as I mentioned, it's, it's just grown organically. Our, our key or what we try to do is to make sure that we find a way to allow the donors to give and support the way that they want to while also meeting the needs. So one of the things that or the feedback that we've received is that the donors love that the wish list, they know that the wish list contain items that the children actually want and that they need. So it gives a little more direction so that they feel like they're not just buying items, but that these are actual useful items um, for the students. And we found that, you know, people do want to help kind of, as Blake mentioned with propositi, they just need to know how to help. And, and Holiday Helpers tries to connect 
um, through the help of the social workers, the, the donors with, with those individual students and families. Thank you, Ms. Kaplan. Ms. Howerton, can you tell us a little bit about the distribution process? How, how are our items or gifts distributed and how um, are items collected from donors? Absolutely. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, uh, I am, first of all, would like to say how impressed I am <laughs> with, per, uh, per, how do you say it? Proposity and their distribution. Wow. I mean, I think we could use some, um, tips from them after hearing that. But uh, we, um, it started with, as mentioned before, um, just one student um, needs. So it used to be on paper um, where we would have the, give the social workers a form and they would take it to their allotted um, number of students. Um, we try to give um, a number that we know, we, we don't ever want to take information and not be able to provide uh, the gifts for that person. So we try to, um, you know, first get a number of what is feasible for us. And then with that, we've gone from paper forms to now Google forms, um, which every year we try to get a little better. So um, we get the information from, send it to the social workers to get from their chosen students. And like Mindy mentioned, we um, have been calling it down and perfecting it. Um, still a work in progress, but um, to include, you know, not only Barbie dolls and, you know, footballs, but a lot of times these kids need blankets. And um, I've even had uh, asked for food before. Um, so to, uh, you know, get a list that has wants, needs, and clothing sizes so that the um, volunteer will know exactly what to buy. And then um, from there, we put it into a um, Sign Up Genius sheet where um, we put all that information there so that the parents um, that will be donating can just go down the list and look for a student. Um, a lot of times I notice people choose students that are near their own ch children's age. <laughs> um, for some reason, I guess easier to shop for, um, but they can um, look at that list and then buy all the fulfillment, you know, fulfill all their wants and needs. And um, then we have a specific drop-off date, which um, one of the schools, Sutton, actually has been kind enough to let us use their empty space. So we have a full day of um, drop-off, only drop-off from all the parents and they come pretty much from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. and drop off and from there um, our wonderful <laughs> volunteers that help us take everything into the car, we sort it, organize it and put it into groups for the next day um, and, which is when the social workers come at their allotted time to um, pick up the gifts. And we have people just, they just pull up and we put it in their car and everything is labeled um, with the students' names um, to where it needs to go. So that's worked for the past several years. COVID kind of threw us a curveball, <laughs> So we had to do everything um, with no contact, which um, we did through Amazon. Um, which wasn't 
you know, optimal, but it did work. And we, we will probably end up using some of, you know, incorporate some of that into next year's as well, because I know, um, a lot of people, especially my friends and families from other states even want to help. And it's a way for them to not just donate money, which is always wanted <laughs> and appreciated, but for them to actually go through a list and see, oh, you know, I want to get a race car for somebody or something. So um, they like that kind of hands on. So I think we'll keep that in there for sure. But, you know, like I said, it's always a work in progress and we're always trying to make it better. Thank you so much. As, as you've said, there's a lot of moving pieces. On our end, it's so seamless and it's smooth. And as social workers, we truly appreciate all of the work that you're doing on the back end to make sure it's a smooth process on, on the other end for us. So appreciative of your efforts and your support with that. During the pandemic, another aspect of Holiday Helpers emerged, offering financial support to families in need of rental assistance and utility support. Ms. Privish, can you tell us a little more about those efforts? Yeah, sure. I mean, again, first, thank you so much for having us. It's really exciting to see all the things happening throughout APS. And um, what happened here was really something that just happened organically. It was actually started by the holiday helpers. Um, when the pandemic hit, they actually started to do grocery shopping for families in need, where the families could set up lists through Kroger and different um, grocery stores where, you know, people that wanted to volunteer could go and actually buy the groceries have them ready for the families to pick up at the stores nearest them. And as a, you know, as a parent, I was like, gosh, that is just so amazing how your money can go directly to that family. And you know, it's having a true impact. Um, as of course, as the pandemic hit, our neighborhood was specifically talking about ways that we could help. We have a lot of families at Jackson Elementary and um, we wanted to raise funds just as a neighborhood to help our community. And so the first thought was really to reach out to APS because working with holiday helpers and specifically directly with the social workers at the school, it was um, an, a way that we could really see that we could have a direct impact. We knew funds were going to where the need was because the social workers could vet those families and really understand. And the, the way that we helped evolved um, it evolved because during the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs and they were struggling with their bills, their rent, um, those things that are just, you know, um, a necessity for everyday living. And what it allowed us to do was to really go and um, have the social workers find those families, um, figure out the need, and then work directly with our um, neighborhood to go and directly pay the bills. So I think, um, the benefits of this for everyone was really that we were, you know, truly impacting and helping our community that we knew exactly where those funds were going because we were able to pay the bills so that we could report back and really share to the neighborhood on how their support has really changed the lives of others in their backyard and in their community. So um, overall, it had been, I think, a true success that just happened organically. And hopefully as, you know, time moves forward, there might be more opportunities where we can, you know, find ways to put the money where it needs to be to support the families that APS sees um, that needs it the most. So thank you for allowing us to be a part of all this. Thank you. Before we end, I just want to give a special thanks to Ms. Hannah Morris for her heartfelt just need. She saw a need and she just wanted to 
not just help one child, but that has grown to expand numerous kids within the district. And without her support, I don't think any of this would happen. I definitely know we wouldn't have a holiday helper. So I do not want to close this session without just thanking her. And also I want to take an opportunity to thank some of our social workers who have supported uh, go, gone over and beyond to support holiday heifers. Uh, actually, two retired social workers, Ms. Claudette Dianport and Ms. Verlene Brown. Um, they were there at the very beginning, and we want to acknowledge them. And we will also like to acknowledge our current social workers, which include Ms. Carla Warwick, Daniel Matthew, Ms. Gail Rogue, and also Ms. Lisa James of the entire social work department. As I stated before, Holiday Helpers is like family. When we hear Holiday Helpers, it automatically brings a smile on our face. And we, is, we are just so excited about this partnership and we look forward to a continued partnership with you ladies in the future. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. Well, thank you so much for everything you guys do. It's, you do it every, every day of the year. <laughs> Kayvon Sledge, school social worker, please introduce yourself and your guests. Thank you, Dr. Anthony, for that wonderful introduction. Um, I wanted to go ahead and introduce our next guest. Uh, he is DJ Screen from iHeartRadio, uh, Big Facts Podcast, as well as a founder for the Screen Foundation. For our listeners that don't know, who is DJ Screen? Man, DJ Scream, I think if you ask, um, you, you know, around the city and in the hip hop culture, they'll just say uh, it's a person that's been a staple uh, along with my uh, team and my family, uh, you know, Hood Rich, for uh, I would say maybe 15 years now, um, known for uh, giving a lot of artists their first opportunity, um, known for a lot of giving a lot of talent their first opportunity. And, and of course, uh, uh, that comes along with that is you know, whatever my passion is and whatever I experienced on on the journey to becoming who I am, uh, obviously that came with obstacles, obviously that came with being a, a, a young person in the youth that had to uh, overcome a lot of obstacles just to sit here today. So uh, I think another part of uh, what defines me outside of my music and entertainment accolades is definitely my passion to want to do for uh, the community, for the youth, and just to be an overall, you know, great humanitarian. Good. Awesome, brother. Uh, where are you from? And, uh, a lot. I, I lived a lot of places. So Atlanta is home. Decatur, more more specifically. Uh, I went to school at Tuskegee University. Uh, one, one, one part of my family is uh, from the motherland, from Africa. So I try not to get boxed into just, this is where I'm from. Like, I've traveled the world. I've been blessed to travel the world, live many places, and... Uh, experience a lot of different things but atlanta is home specifically decatur is dear to my heart but i lived in atlanta alabama new york i mean named it we moved around a lot you know what i'm saying through my childhood and then outside of that when i when i when i completed college and was able to tour the world i mean i've been i've probably seen about just a good 60 percent of the world you know what i mean wow. still got 40 percent out there that yeah. we get back to once this this pandemic is over but you know what i mean i've been able to see a lot of dope places Good, 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 good. So from being from all of these different backgrounds and these different places that you were, you've grown up and that you've seen, uh, what sparked the idea for you to start the Scream Foundation? What, what experience did you did you go through that sparked that idea? I mean, I think if, if people know me, like I'm always popping up to 
community events, uh, donating and doing what I can, or even maybe just using my voice and my platform to, you know, promote the fact that there needs in the community uh, a lot of people saw that i was real active last year when it came to like you know making sure that people exercise their right to vote and uh helping people and helping the youth understand what's going on with social injustice because it's something that i've uh you know experienced in my whole life like i i remember the rodney king incident a lot of young kids might not remember that but i remember it and i kind of you know was able to walk them through i'm not saying like accepting it but i walked them through you know how to uh, deal, deal with such a thing So I say that just to say Starting the Screen Foundation was uh, A place where a lot of people Advised me to kind of put uh, A brand on what is done And yeah. I was really against that edge, Right But I understand with a brand comes structure Right So with that brand and that structure I'm able to work with APS I'm able to work with certain people Because it's not like Hey it's DJ Scream I got some stuff I want to give y'all You know what I'm saying Like it's more like Hey we're a structure organization We have a team We have people This is what we represent This is what we want to do We have a schedule We have all this other stuff So it's not just I'm pulling up to the hood Giving out turkeys You know what I'm saying So um, Like I said again Like people who know me Know I've since Even when I didn't have it man Like Always doing doing what I can for the community but now that I'm in a blessed situation you know what I'm saying and everything is on a positive trajectory whatever I can do to try to help uh specifically I wanted to target the youth gotcha. um we, we know that in the community we deal with uh addiction we deal with homelessness uh we deal with a lot of things right but I think that the youth is the seed planet so I specifically wanted to target the youth and make sure that they have their resources. Uh, you should have a book bag. You should have internet. You should not be starving. You know what I'm saying? Me and you spoke like no kids should be freezing and running to a, a bus, a bus, their, their, their school bus. You know what I'm saying? Like you should be able to have a jacket. You should be. But in the world we are in, we obviously know that there's, uh, you know, obstacles and everything. So whatever we can do, obviously, uh, we can't do everything like like me and you always speak of, but whatever we can do makes a difference. And I, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, people are receiving our blessings that have been given as blessings to us to, to help make that difference. Outstanding. Uh, sound like you got a big heart. And um, that's definitely a beautiful thing and a hardworking man at the same time. And um, just doing a little bit of research about your foundation, it seems like you've uh, already worked with a lot of different schools and touched a lot of different families. Um, I saw you did some work at Toomer Elementary and Hollis Academy and Fitch and Miles, Peyton Forest, just to name a few, Sylvan Middle School as well. I've just admire the work that you're doing brother um so what's next for the foundation what do you see uh happening next what would you like to um i think to existence i think that's the beautiful thing man and, and big shouts out to you as well you know what i'm saying for coming in brian you know saying mr atkinson um uh, uh, the whole team shy everybody my wife and everybody for, for for coming together to see the vision but honestly we're just getting started like this we're we're warming up you know what i'm saying we're seeing how this works we're understanding what the needs are we're understanding you know we're communicating with the community that's what i tell people a lot of time communicate with your community you know what i'm saying don't just assume like yeah. i could everybody needs this but right. i want to go in the community and talk to the people and say hey what do you need well, what will make it a absolutely right what will make it a little easier on you i might not be able to solve all your issues but what would make it a little bit easier on you because i know me coming up you know, if there were days, 
honestly speaking, where we had a little more toilet paper, life would have been better that day. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Uh, days where uh, we had some tuna fish or sardines to go with that rice and pork and bees, life would have been a little better that day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was blessed coming up to, and and I do say blessed to live middle class and live well. But I lived in poverty as well, so I saw both sides. Both sides, yes, sir. I saw that. I saw that. I made it a pact to myself that if if I if I get to middle class, whatever the case is, right, I'm not gonna forget about the times where we lived in poverty because yes, a lot of kind of live in their bubbles. Everything's okay for you, but everything's not okay for everybody. And I feel like I said I'm a humanitarian. I love humans. You know what I'm saying? I'm humans to be well. So. Um, that's just kind of the seed for the foundation. And as far as what we got coming up, man, I mean, we're APS. We love y'all. We'll call away. We'll do what we can. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, uh, near and dear to my heart, is obviously, is DeKalb County. That's where I went to school. So we definitely want to do some things with DeKalb County, Clayton County, Cobb County. Maybe take this show on the road outside of the city, outside of the state. You know what I'm saying? I'm a big thinker. Um, I remember one day I was telling people probably when I was on the way to college, I'm going to be one of the biggest DJs in the world. God is great. I ain't saying I'm the biggest, but I think I made my name and there's a lot of the people that know me and I've been blessed. So as long as I continue to be blessed or whatever the situation is, man, I just want to make sure that uh, I stay rooted to the community and do what I can to just make make things a little bit easier for the families and youth. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Well, you are doing the work, brother, and uh, we commend you and thank you for assisting our families and reaching out and seeing what they need, not just assuming Mm-hmm. You stated was it you were assessing the needs how can i help what exactly do you need brother and that's what's necessary to really make change um the youth they're our future brother so your eyes are on a prize and i just appreciate all the work that you do connecting with aps doing it from the bottom of your heart it doesn't feel like you're just doing it for a tax write-off we're talking about a brother who really genuinely cares and that's what makes the difference um, Remember how can we connect? You, said you said day one, a lot of people will say they're going to show up and they don't show up ever or a year later. Yeah. And you vouch. I showed up the next day. You did. You showed up the next day <laughs> and continue to do so, brother. You continue to do so. I'm thoroughly impressed. And anything I can do to support you and your foundation, I'm one phone call away as well. You're doing um, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're the glue. You're the glue. Yes, sir. Yeah, your flowers, too. You're the glue. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so how can the community connect with you? How can we connect with you and follow you on social media? Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to check out the foundation pages, www.thescreamfoundation.org. You can see some of the prior things that we've done. Obviously, there's uh, there's ways that you can donate there. Uh, if you have questions, you can, you can reach out and contact us. Uh, if you just want to follow, you know, DJ Screams, DJ Scream, all social media platforms. Uh, you can check me out on radio, iHeartRadio 105.3, uh, Monday through Friday, 7, 7 to 11. Um, and yeah, just, just stay tuned, man. I, I, I'm really excited. Uh, we all know that we had a very uh, trying 2021. All of us, uh, in one way or another, were affected by that. But now, um, as things get back to normal or better, then I look forward to really hitting the ground running and doing whatever we can just to, you know, help the people. Thank you so much, brother. Um, keep up the great work. Um we really supporting everything that you're doing out there. Um, it's amazing. The Big Facts Podcast is doing numbers. Mm-hmm. Just Listen. all around getting to it, man. I salute you and thank you, brother. 
appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me and I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Um, so I just, again, I want to thank all of our partners, um, again, for the, sharing those resources, um, because those resources and supports help us to meet the comprehensive needs of our students um, who are experiencing either social, emotional, mental behavior or um, well-being uh, concerns and or who are having some economic concerns. Um, just any student who is having any kinds of issues that really are barriers to them thriving and uh, doing well academically. Academically, you, we just can't say enough how those, those kinds of supports help us with that whole child framework in supporting students and families. So thank you so much to Connected Nation, Holiday Helpers, Lady Hawks, Perposity, The Cutting Board Company, Atlanta Assistance League, Lyft, Trinity Angelican Church, Life Roads, Passion City Church, and DJ Scream with uh, 105.3 radio station. Again, um, everything that you do to support us in our work really assists the students and families throughout the city. Um, so I want to um, end our podcast with closing thoughts from our host. Does uh, any of the hosts want to end with some closing thoughts? I can go. I'm Shatila Brown again, Miss Brown. <clears throat> And I would like to say a lot of times you hear as social workers, people always say, thank you for doing the hard work, the hard work, H-E-A-R-T. But I, I would say our partners, those partnerships, they're the ones that's doing the hard work. As social workers, I think we are the ones that assess and connect. So we look at what's going on with our students, with our families, and we assess those things and we see what those tangible needs are. And at that point, then we reach out to the people that's out there that, has the, that have the heart to do the work, to, to give us the things that we need for our families. And we connect our families with those needs. So again, as social workers, we could not do the work that we do each and every day without the people, the many people that support you, you guys' platform, that support you all and how you all come every year and support us. So we are so thankful for the work that you guys are doing each and every day. Thank you. Well said, Shatila Brown. Um, Hello, this is Adelia Johnson. Can you all hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. All right, wonderful. Um, I am Adelia Johnson. I am a school social worker as well with um, Atlanta Public Schools. I'm the school social worker for Grady High School. And I just want to say <clears throat> thank you so much um, to all of our partners. This has been phenomenal, absolutely amazing. Um, we cannot tackle the great work um, and, and just the, the gaps that our families deal with alone. Um, we definitely need each other. We need our partners. We need our other social workers. Um, we just all need each other and I think now more than ever um, it is so critical to just lean in on one another and um, make it about collaboration and never about competition and so I am just very very thankful to be among this group and um, I am so excited about this particular podcast I love our partners um, and I just want to say thank you and thank you as well to Dr. Anthony for just allowing us um, as social workers to creatively find ways to fill um, or meet the needs of our families and so I just wanted to say thank you and I appreciate um, just being here Thank you, Ms. Johnson. Well, well um, this is Takanya Petty. I am the school social worker at Maynard Jackson High School. And I 
too have truly enjoyed this podcast. I am, of course, elated by uh, our partners because uh, what I find is we know that researchers and practitioners have documented for some time how schools and communities working toward common goals can be beneficial. And as a result of our community partners, we've been able to provide our schools with the context and environment that complements and reinforce the values, cultures, and learning the schools provide for our students and everything the schools strive to accomplish. We, um, I have, we each have our own set of uh, supporters, but uh, the podcast guest today supports the district as a whole. So I want to thank all of our partners um, that are on today, but also that supports us throughout the uh, school year. So truly thank you all. Thank you for highlighting that, Ms. Petty, because um, some of our clusters do have specific partners for the cluster. Um, and so thank you for highlighting that we, we not only have district partners, but we also have cluster partners as well. Thank you. Hi, this is Miss Ali. I too just want to second. I'm so happy to be a part of this podcast today and and be able to highlight our wonderful partners. Uh, for me, the common theme has been, you know, we, we are able to go above and beyond just the academic piece, um, just, uh, you know, in support of these students, right? We understand that it takes more than just the academic piece to be addressed for our students to be successful. And so through these partnerships, we are able to address emotional needs, you know, economic needs, their basic needs. Um, we're able to address the whole child because of our partnership. So I'm again, I'm very thankful um, that you guys are here to really just meet the full needs of the students, which of course we know is going to increase the likelihood that they're going to academically be successful. So thank you so much. Well, thank you everyone um, for your closing thoughts. And, and Sana, you, I think you said it uh, best uh, in terms of really it's, it's about the whole child. And uh, if we cannot address the whole child, we, that, that child is not gonna be able to thrive. And so we, we appreciate our partnerships. Um, and again, April 18th through the 24th is National Volunteer Week, and we wanted to use this month to really highlight the partnerships for the Social Work Services Department and how they help us to support and assist students throughout this district. Our next podcast will air on May 19th at 10 o'clock a.m. That show will focus on mental health awareness. We just want to thank all of our podcast listeners everywhere for tuning in. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at our next monthly podcast for the Social Work Services Department.